0: Breaker 9, Breaker 9, come back good buddy, we got us a podcast, hee how are you gang? Welcome to the Harland Highway, this is your host, Harlan Williams, coming at you, what a show we have today, we got the Harland Highway question of the day, big one today, um, we're going to be talking about uh, wristbands. You ever go to a club and have to slap on one of those stupid wristbands? It's quite the ordeal. I'm going to get into that crap. Uh, Crying? What the hell is up with uh, crying? We all cry. But have you heard about, uh, have you seen a commercial, a TV commercial, where maybe someone's crying? Yeah, more like manipulating. I've had enough of it. I'm going to get into it today. And then uh, lastly, oh, my God, First Lady Michelle Obama is on the show today. She is being interviewed on the Harland Highway, not by me, unfortunately, but by Charles Parsley. Uh, He is the host of the Parsley Papers, which is exclusive to this podcast. So get ready for the Parsley Papers and an intriguing, provocative interview with First Lady Michelle Obama. Unbelievable. What a scoop right here. On the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You are causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, bruh? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? Ah! I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway.
1: This is your fucking wake-up call, man! You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds you'll be dead. I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, back it up. Back it up. Bring it down. Bring it down. Back it up. I'm at the club. I'm at the club. I'm at the club. I'm at the club. Yeah, I'm at the club. Can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? Kind of loud in here, isn't it? Kind of glad we came in here to have a talk. Can you hear me? God. Anybody go to the club on the weekend? Who went to the club? You ever notice uh, when you're going into a nightclub, you know, one of these nightclubs with the music and the dancing and the kids and the drinking? Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, A lot of these clubs you go uh, to enter, and all of a sudden they're like, "Yeah, man, you got to put on a wristband." Excuse me. Yeah, you got to put on a wristband. We got we got to put a wristband on you. A what band? A wristband. A wristband? Yeah, that's right, a wristband. Why do I need a wristband? Or, or worse yet, we, yeah, we need to stamp your wrist. Yeah, we, we need to get a stamp on you. You know the way they stamped the Jewish people when they went into the concentration camps? We got to identify. We got to stamp you. We got to tattoo your skin. We gotta We got to single you out. Excuse me. Creepy. It is kind of weird like you know you 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 show up at the club you've paid your money or you've 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 passed the people that are are at the entrance excuse me which way's the club that way go ahead oh but before you go in here put this wristband that's impossible to get off on huh or uh, I'm sure you probably just had a shower and you put body lotion on. You got all spiffed up for the club. Let me just uh, stab some ink into your flesh. Let me brand you for the evening. sure you don't mind. That should, that should uh, compliment your look. The uh, nice big uh, ink pad tattoo of a skull or a cherry bomb or something. What the hell? Where do they get off doing that to you, man? And so afterwards, you're up in your uh, hotel room, or you're at home, and you're like, "What the hell's on my wrist?" You're sitting there at four in the morning, drunk, soap and water, vinegar, rubbing alcohol, turpentine, scrubbing the the stamp off your arm, because you don't know what you don't want your boyfriend or girlfriend to know where you were last night. What the hell's that on your arm? What? That stamp. What is that? Oh, I don't know. I must have fell and bruised it. Oh, sure. It looks like a a cherry bomb. Were you at that club? No, 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 no. It's a bruise, baby. I don't know. You smell like cigarettes and alcohol and girls. Ah, I must have fell in some cigarettes, booze, and girls. Oh, okay. (laughs) What about that... That wristband they give you. What what is that made out of? That thing is it paper? Is it is it plastic? Is it fiberglass? Is it uh, hemp? I mean, this thing is. I don't know what kind of fabric it is. It's like nothing you've ever seen. You don't see that on anything else. It's like it looks and feels like paper, but you try to rip it, it's like peeling your own flesh off your body. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. You can't can't rip the stuff, so then you start pulling it, and it hurts your wrist. You're like, damn, I can't get this thing off. And what's even worse is when they put it on, no one looked at it when you went in. No one was like, can I see your wristband, please? Let me see your wristband. Suddenly you got this this stupid thing on you, like you're a four-year-old at a children's party. Okay, everyone with the wristbands over here. And the children without the wristbands over here. Line up, children. It's going to be drinking and dancing and all kinds of things. But you have to show us your wristbands, children. Oh, ma'am, I believe it's pronounced wristband. I'm sorry, you're right. Wristband. I mean, a lot of the times, how many of you just go to sleep with this thing? You're like, the your last thing you do before you want to go to bed is have a tug-of-war with your own, you know, knuckles and your own wrist. You're pulling at this thing. It's like neon pink or green. Finally, you just give up and you pass out. You wake up in the morning, you get this crinkled-up fiberglass ID bracelet on. Like you're out with, with the Lance Armstrong Foundation or something? Live strong. But apparently you're not strong enough to rip your own wristband off. So maybe live stronger, weakling. Very bizarre. But nonetheless, at least I got myself into the club. Club. <laughs> Yeah, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. There, there's one thing that might be even sadder than wrestling with a wristband from a club. Much, much sadder is commercials nowadays, TV commercials. And I don't mean they're sadder in terms of what a drag watching them. It makes me sad. I mean, they're sad in terms of have you seen the way TV commercials now are starting to manipula- manipulate you? Yeah, when I say sad, they're, they're trying to make you cry now. TV commercials have become more dramatic than movies or soap operas. It is really, really annoying. Now they've got, uh, they've got commercials where people are actually like tearing up on screen. They're starting to cry. They're telling stories for insurance companies and for charities and for uh, who knows what else. Travelers' travelers checks and credit cards and foodstuffs. Consumer goods, consumer products, cars. Furniture. Lawsuits. Oh, yeah, you've seen it. It's it's horrible. It's a grand manipulation. I mean, some of the best acting I've ever seen. But some of these p- people are out doing the Oscar-winning movies. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I've been living with arthritis for 14 years now. and Sometimes I can barely pick up my shoes from the bedroom floor <laughs> I remember one time I couldn't turn the doorknob and I had to stay in the bathroom for 14 weeks <laughs> I remember once I had a cold and I almost shot myself with a 52 revolver <laughs> I mean, it is disgusting. People with illnesses and the flu. People are recounting their insurance stories or they were out of work or their bank helped them get a loan. And you've seen them. It's housewives. It's business people. It's women. It's men. Growing men tearing up on TV commercials. Tugging at our heartstrings making us sympathize with these hello actors or making us sympathize with these hello real people that were paid a lot of money to be in a TV commercial don't do it folks don't don't buy the propaganda okay this crying isn't born of these people have a hard story and someone out there needs to tell the story cuz they care okay These Academy Award-worthy crying scenes stem from a manipulative corporation where they're trying to get your money, and it all leads right back to them in terms of profits. And they know exactly what they're doing. They're tugging at your heartstrings, or should I say purse strings. For, For them, it's one and the same if we if we tug at their heartstrings we'll tug at their purse strings if they give the if the watchers if the consumers if the viewers get emotional and they make a emotional connection with these people in our commercials we got them we've hooked them in are you kidding me the money leads right back to them and these guys make a zillion dollars already off of us it is vile Disgusting. I hate it. Such a mass manipulation. You're being conned. You're being hosed. It, remember, it's a TV commercial. Who cries in a TV commercial? TV commercials used to be about Wonder Bread and the Pillsbury Doughboy and Hostess Ho-House, Cheerios, Disneyland, Tampons, Viagra, you don't see anybody crying in a Viagra commercial. Well, unless it's a woman who is walking away from one of the experiences. But come on, man. Cut the commercials with the crybabies. There's only one TV commercial in the history of commercials where crying should be allowed. There was a commercial in the 70s where uh, we saw a North American Indian, and uh, this commercial was all about pollution, polluting the water, the air, the land, the sea. And uh, this is uh, probably before there were a lot of pollution controls in the 70s, and people were throwing crap out their car windows and blah, 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 blah. So it's a clever commercial. The commercial starts with an Indian putting a canoe in the water, and he's canoeing down this beautiful river, but then the river dumps out into a polluted lake with a polluted shoreline with garbage floating past the bow of his canoe, and uh, he pulls up on a beach with bottles and junk and tires and crap, Then he walks uh, up the embankment of the river and through some trees and comes out on the side of a highway, and there's cars going by and smokestacks, and here's this guy dressed as an Indian, the long hair, the ponytail, the rawhide outfit. And as he's standing on the side of the highway, some jackwad uh, drives by with their fast food bag, throws it out, it blows up at his feet. Um, junk food and garbage blast all over his feet. We pan up and the Indian turns to the camera and a tear's coming out of his eye. Here it is, have a, have a little listen of the only real legitimate uh, crying commercial that I think uh, was made for the right reasons to get us all to stop polluting. Some
1: people have a deep, abiding respect for the natural beauty that was once this country. And some people don't. People start pollution. People
0: can stop it. Okay, so this is one of those commercials. You can see it on YouTube if, if you want to see what it looks like. It's actually a very well-done commercial. gets the point across. Uh, it doesn't go back to a corporation. The, the proceeds don't funnel back. There's not a paper trail back to corporate greed. This is a, a commercial uh, aimed at the betterment of the whole planet. It's aimed at each and every one of us. They're not selling us a product. They're trying to tell us to smarten up, dummy up, stop polluting. <laughs> and it's quite, quite beautiful, yet sad at the same time. Go to YouTube and uh, type in the crying Indian pollution commercial or something like that. Now, the only thing that's weird about it, when you look at it, there's two things that strike me. One, I'm not 100% sure that the Indian is actually an Indian. It looks a little bit like possibly it could be an Indian. He's one of those in-between guys, but possibly could be a, a white guy with a wig or or maybe uh, maybe his hair dyed. You know, somehow he looks like an old British guy to me with long hair. So I'm not 100% sure he's actually a North American Indian. And back in those days, Indians often weren't Indians as they were portrayed in movies and TV. They would often put makeup and darken the skin of white people. So you'd be the judge on that. And then the second thing is, I guess from being in the movie industry... It's kind of funny when he turns to the side, the last shot of the commercial, we pan up, he turns his head, and there's a tear, a lone tear, coming to, out of his, uh, his right eye. And I'm a little suspect about that tear that it's a fake tear, because if you look at it, it it's it just kind of hanging there all by itself, and it looks like it's kind of slow and thick. And that is, a, uh, that is a movie magic trick where they use some kind of uh, clear syrup, like a corn syrup or something, that very often they'll put on an actor's cheek or under his eye to simulate tears. And just based on the way this guy looks, it, uh, it definitely looks like it's a fake tear on an old British white guy dressed up as an Indian. But outside of that, I like the message. So there you go. No more crying in commercials to try and manipulate us for our money. Thank you, corporate America. But we will take the North American Indian with the message for all of us to dummy up and stop polluting. (laughs) The Harland Highway question of the day. Okay, the Harland Highway question of the day is, and I feel like I'm exposing myself here, gang, but that's what I do. No secrets. The question of the day is, why can't I spell restaurant? Okay? I've been on this planet for a long time. I feel like I'm pretty smart. I'm kind of intelligent, maybe. I'm not an idiot. Well, maybe I am. I can't spell restaurant. Maybe I am an idiot. I'm not even joking here. R-E-S-T-A-R-A-U-N-T. Is that it? Or is it R-E-S-T-E-R-A-U-A-N-T? It's one of those words, and I may have got it right. I may not have got it. I don't know. That's the thing. Whenever I spell restaurant... I never know if I'm getting it right and usually I get it wrong. Let me try and write it out here. Restaurant. R E S T E R A U A U R E S T E R A U N T. Restaurant. Rest a u n t or is it rest a R e s t a r a n. See, I don't know. I can look it up, but this is why it's the question of the day, because I, after all these years, I consistently spell it wrong. It drives me nuts, and it's one of those words, I think about it, I memorize it, I go, I got it, and then I always forget it, and I always goof it up. That and mountains. Mountains. Let me see, M-O-U-A-I-N-T-A-I-N-S, mountains, mountains, and captain. I can't spell C-A-P-T-A-I-N, captain, cap, captain. See, question of the day, why am I a dumbass, okay? I just went from just why can't I spell restaurant to The Harlan Highway Question of the Day is why am I a dumbass? The Harlan Highway Question of the Day. Hello, everybody. I'm Charles Parsley, and welcome to the Parsley Papers, the exciting news chat show that dares to take on all comers politicians, sports figures, celebrities, and newsworthy people alike. So sit back, get ready, to hear the questions that no one dares to ask on the Parsley Papers. Hello everybody, I'm Charles Parsley. We have a very special guest today with us here on the Parsley Papers. First Lady, the wife to the President of the United States of America here on the Parsley Papers. Michelle Obama is here with us today, and we are going to get right to the chase, ladies and gentlemen. We've heard that Michelle Obama, the First Lady, has been having secret affairs at cheap hotel rooms with podcaster Harland Williams. Miss Obama, let me welcome you to the show And is it true that you have been having cheap, illicit affairs, swinger affairs with Harlan Williams? And if so, where do you do it? I've heard rumors that it's at a place as lowly as the Motel 6. We always check in. Check in for what, Miss Obama? Sleepovers. A secretive getaway as if to relieve the pressures of being in the white house
1: we're just we this is like the third week of high school
0: it sounds very fun and carefree first lady obama there's so much that goes on i mean they're they're the rules and you don't want to clap it sounds absolutely delicious i could go on and on and on well then why don't we is there any type of boundaries rules any type of role playing at all miss obama
1: you know he is very good at reinforcing the rules and boundaries that we set we never get into that but dad said you know
0: no actually i don't know i mean is this a safe practice miss obama playing russian roulette with a lowly podcast like Harlan Williams, are you using any form of protection? Contraception. I'm sorry, say that again, please. Contraception. And just so the American public is clear, one more time. Contraception. My goodness, and since we are here talking about Harlan Williams as a lover, how would you assess his love-making abilities, Miss Obama.
1: I don't have much time to analyze and, you know, and I don't look at the tapes afterwards, so I really would probably be the worst person to assess his style or his techniques because it's just hard to pay attention to all that.
0: Now, there's been stories from the Motel 6 staff, from other patrons of the Motel 6 that On some occasions, Miss Obama, and correct me if I'm wrong here on the Parsley Papers, there have been full-on orgies and swingers' nights in your room with Harlan Williams. I mean, in the end, this is what what we're here for. And is there any truth to the rumor that you've been using food items as sex toys? Vegetables. I beg your pardon, Miss Obama. Vegetables. My goodness, and where do these people come from that participate in the orgies?
1: They were from all over the world. You had people from Kenya and people, you know, uh, from Hawaii and people from Kansas and people from, you know, it was, you know, it was a a melting pot.
0: My goodness, Miss Obama, all these strangers from all over the world and... To top it off with Harland Williams, I mean, are you trying to imply, Ms. Obama, that perhaps the President of the United States does not have time to satisfy you sexually? If you only get two hours on Saturday... I'm sure we can all understand, Ms. Obama, your frustration with the President flying all over the world and his timing constant to men, but to turn to someone as lowly as Harland Williams... Is it presumptuous for us to say here at the Parsley Papers, Miss Obama, that you're just acting out and perhaps this is a way to get back at your husband, the President Barack Obama, for his... Lack of attention to you?
1: Oh, absolutely not.
0: So this is just a fling with a low-life podcaster, and you couldn't give a rat's ass about Miss Obama.
1: When you're there, I'm just really, you know, I'm just so focused on it being over.
0: And I'm sure our listeners are wondering, and we have to ask the question with all due respect here on the Parsley Papers. First Lady Obama, who is bigger? Your husband, Barack Obama, or podcaster, Harlan Williams.
1: That would kind of be the last thing that I would think
0: of. Of course you wouldn't, but I'm sure our listeners here at the Parsley Papers would love to know... If Harlan Williams has to check his monster at the door, if you will, First Lady. He
1: just doesn't have that, so it's not much to check.
0: That's exactly what we thought. And lastly, First Lady, and it has been a pleasure having you here on the Parsley Papers, our final question, how much longer can this illicit affair with the orgies and the swingers' parties, how much longer can you sustain this kind of debauchery first lady for decades to come and there you have it ladies and gentlemen right out of the first lady's mouth we'd like to thank her for being so candid open and honest quite a revealing interview here on the parsley papers hope you enjoyed it here today i'm charles parsley and we'll catch you next time right here on the parsley papers wow i got to tell you that charles parsley he uh he just does a provocative interview he he gets right to it man i mean i don't know if there's anyone that just you know goes right for the story right for the right for the off limits stuff i my applause to uh parsley Good job. I wouldn't have the cojones to ask that type of stuff. I'd I'd just be too full of respect, and I just, I'd be, I I, I couldn't do it. But, wow. Unbelievable. My thanks to Charles Parsley and the Parsley Papers, and uh, that brings us right to the end of our show. A few announcements here, gang. Uh, Don't forget to check me out. I will be at the Improv in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which is located at the Hard Rock Casino down there in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I will be there uh, Thursday, February 28th, right through to March 3rd. Uh, Unbelievable showroom. We're going to have a great time. Uh, And then uh, check me out the following weekend in Dallas, Texas. At Addison Improv. That'll be March 7th through uh, March 10th. And uh, it's going to be a goodie. It is going to be a goodie. Don't forget to uh, get your tickets online. You can go to my website, harlowilliams.com and click on the link. Reserve your seats, player. Um, and I'm going to be there selling my uh, my new comedy DVD at the back of the room after the show's, autographing it. A Force of Nature, this is my new special where I'm out in the desert telling my stories, telling my jokes to the world, standing up on a hill in the sunlight. It's crazy. Uh, please check it out. Uh, you can write to me at uh, harlemwilliams.com. You can leave a phone message at 323-739-4330. Say whatever you need to say. Just don't be too long about it because I can't listen to, like, five-minute messages. Uh, But I love getting your feedback. And um, what else can I tell you? Don't forget uh, HarlandApp.com. You can get a free app for your phone, which is filled with uh, voices from the characters from this show, from this podcast. Great stuff. Check out HarlandWilliams.com if you want merchandise, T-shirts, books, DVDs, kids' books, movies headshots, all kinds of stuff there if you're a fan. If you're not, you know, just ignore it. Um, So there you go. Those are the announcements, folks. I hope you had a great time. Love having you here. Love doing the show for y'all. Y'all, I'm getting ready for my Dallas, Texas improv gig, y'all. So there you go. Uh, Have fun, be good to each other, and until next time, chicken show me, baby.